The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled, Let People Enjoy Things. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Salutations, so slide, zug zug, live long and prosper, throws the ling and hole, mystical greetings, and hello. Friends and fellow fans, welcome to Let People Enjoy Things, an exploration of culture, film, movies, and TV, a veritable orgy of geeking out and badassery in front of the silver screen. We are a consortium of film lovers gathered here today to help you sort your way through the millions of options of movies and TV available to you in both your living room and at the movie theater. I am joined today by the nerdiest of the nerds, the fanniest of the fans, the soyiest of the soy faces, and I am their shepherd in nerddom, Smiley Kong. Joined with me today are Millennium Duncan, Spencer the Movie Orb, and Lord Laser Nacho. Gentlemen, welcome. Om. That is a traditional Buddhist greeting. It's great to have you have me here together on your program. Valor uh, Millennium, Morgulis, why don't you inter- Thank you so much. Millennium, why don't you introduce us? Who are you? Introduce yourself to our fans. Well, I'm the Millennium Duncan, and I'm a, I have a YouTube channel, and I like to talk about movies and nerd culture, comic books, video games, and I like all that stuff. I'm a you know cool, fun-loving guy. I can tango every now and then. I've been known to get down, and I've also been known to complete a taco run in less than 12 parsecs. So, epic! Thanks for having me on. What is your Twitter uh, tag for those of you who want to look you up? I am the Millennium Duncan. Pretty straightforward. Joined up next, he's sitting here at my left. You call me Duncan, though. Well, you know. Okay. Spencer the Movie Orb. Spencer, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan. First and foremost, beyond anything else, I am a fan of, uh, of media of all kinds. It's, it's on a screen. I'm there for it. Uh, and then I like to talk about what I've watched on the screens and also played with through screens and video games. Uh, I, with my YouTube channel, uh, I've just completed my 10,000th hour-long episode about Duck Hunt, uh, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to 10,000 more. Oh, you're not finished with Duck Hunt yet. Oh, no, no. We know what everyone Half- likes is to watch some guy who has a, you know somewhat bit of hair left talking about some game on Atari that no one cares about. Well, and talk it, about how much it sucks <laughs> in his car. Everyone, for some reason, you know, they think that people think Atari was good or something and you're here to take it down a peg or two <laughs> in Spencer's defense in his cartoon avatar. He has a lot of hair left. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, I've got plenty of hair uh, all over. <laughs> what are we in middle earth? Because you guys seem like you're living in a fantasy world. <laughs> oh, it was a two-parter. Well done, sir. You're the man now, dog. Uh, these are not the hairs that you were looking for. Oh. and the cap. And that, of course, is the voice of Lord Laser Nacho. Lord, tell us a little bit about yourselves for the fans. All right, so um, I'm a little bit off the beaten path for a reviewer. I run... Uh, the Fandom Vedas. It's my uh, 
vlog. I uh, review movies, most typically the exciting, inspiring, and cinema-changing fare from Marvel from a Buddhist perspective, applying the lessons I've learned in my six months as a follower of Siddhartha Buddha to my own fandom. Uh, I'm currently not on Twitter, uh, but I am on Patreon. And uh, I always like to say, I am first a follower of Captain America, then of Buddha. Is that the whole saying? Yes. Now, now you used to be on Twitter, correct? Uh, What what happened there? There was a very toxic time during the 2016 election where forces loyal to Vladimir Putin and Bernie Sanders uh, targeted fans of the Marvel franchise and uh, attempted to silence us. And also, uh, suffice to say, I was going through a very personal time in my life. But, you know... Typical kind of SJW hogwash attacking the real fans, if you ask me. <laughs> I uh, do not like to use that term. If you look at like bot analysis, uh, that term was first used in on uh, a Russian social media site, so I'd prefer if we don't use that. But um, yes, no, I was targeted like many supporters of Captain America were. Ah, well then. Um, I will introduce myself for the fans. I'm sure that already know. I'm kidding. My name is Smiley Kong. You can find me on Twitter at Diddy or Didn't He Kong. Uh, my username there is Smiley Once the Nazis Off This Site, please, because I've been making personal appeals to Jack for years now. To, hey, get these guys off of this website. Come on, man. What the heck? I am a former writer at some. I think he's a little bit too busy chopping down doors in the Overlook Hotel. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. He's trying on some various red hats. When Uh when 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 I when I was on Twitter um, every day, I like to make my first tweet. uh, Reminder: Jack is a supporter of white supremacy, and then I'd like to post for the remaining eighteen hours of the day on that same website. But uh, no, it's just like we got to do our part as you know, cultural influencers oh, I to have stop to... it. My, my, my Twitter habits are usually I just hit the search tab and then I see what people are mad about. And then I just post, come on, really? In 2019? Unless it's a different year, then I post that year. Yeah. And so far it's garnered me about 200,000 followers. Yeah. You know, as sort of like a paunchy white guy in his 40s, I find that like the most helpful thing to all marginalized people is just whatever anyone is talking about, uh, I just imagine the bad position on that issue. And I go, y'all are seriously saying, you know, whatever that bad position is, because that ridicules it from our perspective, you know, using our privilege to take it down. And anytime anyone ever gets mad at me, I'm saying, you're focusing on this, and Flint still doesn't have clean water? And it gets me out of literally everything. (laughs) So... Uh, a bit, focused now that everybody's caught up on who we are and what we do, I thought we'd kick this off with a, shoot, a few short mini-reviews of some movies I saw that are coming out this week. So why don't we just dive headfirst and get into that, and feel free to interrupt me and comment as you please, because this is going to be just the fan's voice here. Now, the first movie I saw was coming out. It's called Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon. This is a CGI movie starring a sheep and what appears to be a very inbred farmer. (laughs) 
oh boy, this is bad. This movie had me counting sheep. The sheer impotence of this movie is attempting to fleece you out of your hard-earned cash. I didn't actually see this movie. I just Googled sheep words and tried to pretend I'm Moraka. Three out of ten. Now, you could just watch the trailers or clips from that movie, and you could just tell it's epically bad. <laughs> I, this I is don't gonna think be that one that's that people true. are laughing at. I don't oh. think that's true at all. I thought that movie was fantastic. I thought it was a wonderful representation oh, of, of sheep Americans, and I respected that. What, is it, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I just mean that a lot of people of various walks of life came together to make that movie, and we should respect their, their creative efforts. You know, in uh, 1200 BC, Siddhartha Buddha created a wooden canoe that he used to sail in between two towns. And he didn't bring anything in between these two towns. But the effort of making the canoe was the point of the activity. And I think that's true, you know, in the teachings of the Buddha. And I think that's also true. Yeah, but why do you need to be, why do they need so much money to make such a heap of crap? I mean, you know, my channel called The Fan Cut, where I recut movies that we all love. But, you know, you say, hey, this could use a little bit less or a little bit more. You know, some of my cuts, I'll take a two-hour movie and I'll drop it down to 30, 45 minutes. Sometimes I'll take a three-hour movie and I'll bump it up to seven hours. I'll splice another stuff from sequels or prequels and I'll put it all together to make it something better. I'm currently working on a seven-hour cut of Waterworld because I said, you know, I watched the original cut and I said, this movie's not long enough. Um, and you know, I'm 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 working on a fan based version of Avatar two because uh the mother flipper James Cameron pushed back the sequel once more and we gotta wait another two years before it comes out. So I said, you know what? Screw it, screw this junk, I'm gonna do it. And that's what the fan cut's all about. And I'm doing it for free. I, I want to get back to uh, Spencer real quick to kind of talk about, you know, the the the, the multicultural vibe of this movie. Uh, in my opinion, in the 18th century, when Herman Hesse discovered POC via Buddha and invented Buddha for most of the Western world, he kind of proved in a way that really the most multicultural people of all time are Germans, who are solely responsible for making this movie. Some have gone as far to say that this is the most German movie of all time without, you know, someone getting eaten. There's a, uh, what yes. do you say about that, Spencer? I'd say that that's great, that those people are able to come together to make a film uh, expressing themselves creatively. And, you know, I'm sure that there was a lot of diversity within that group that we can't even imagine. Like, they come from different towns, uh, different heights, uh, the, the lactose tolerances, and that, that kind of diversity is, is the strength of the movie business, and that's why the film is worth celebrating. I heard that there were, I heard that there were Prussians and Bavarians on set. <laughs> Due to popular pressure, I have changed my rating of this film from 3 out of 10 to 7 out of 10 in a Pitchfork-style retrospective. All right, next movie on the list, I'm going to review, coming out this week, John Wick 3, Parabellum, which I think Parabellum is a type of umbrella-shaped mushroom. I'm not quite sure what that word actually means. Hold on to your guns, ladies and gentle assassins. It's about time to practice your gun kata moves and to imagine killing all of your co-workers, because John Wick is back. 
the world's most dangerous assassins are after Wick and expect some high, intense combat. The combat is just ranged enough not to be considered homoerotic, the hair is even wetter than John Wick 2, and the movie franchise is now self-aware enough that when a horse shoots a bazooka at Peter Dinklage in order to generate social media buzz via the hashtag KillDinklage, you just roll your eyes back and yell, epic, instead of wondering why you aren't just watching <laughs> Russian YouTube videos of rally cars plowing into race audiences. 10 out of 10. This John Wick movie has it all. Everything you could ever want as long as you don't think about it. Only two words come to my mind when I think of John Wick. Kinetic ballet. That's it. That's the review. John Wick is well, opera I'm just for curious. Men. I'm like, when I watched John Wick, I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. But when did Neo grow a beard? <laughs> or somebody angered Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Not bad. I've when I that. watch John Wick, I think, who gave Johnny Bravo a gun? I don't get it. I'm just glad that uh, that Neo ditched that trench coat. <laughs> Very good. Kind of ripping off mine, but, uh, you know. The next movie I watched is a insane... I've been excited about this movie for so long, I can't even express how long I've waited for this movie. Ladies and gentlemen, coming out next week, the movie that's for sure going to take Avengers Endgame off of its well-deserved box office crown. Warcraft 2. Ooh la la. Gather around, ladies and orcs. There's a new fantasy blockbuster. Did you see the first one? What a hunk of crap. Uh, well... You're really, you're really trying to tell me orcs are real and them and humans would fight? I don't think so. <laughs> it's not a real movie. None of it's Tolkien real. Tolkien already did it. Avengers isn't real. It's made like none of this is real. We're just watching stuff we like. Well, it's it's made. The idea exists, so it is real. I don't think you know a lot about philosophy. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't because I don't read stuff that isn't fiction because it's boring. Anyway, while American audiences didn't catch on the first time around, the fact that literally every single Chinese person in China saw this movie means the original movie made $900 million. Warcraft 2 is a tour de force of everything a teenage boy who failed his ACT test could ever want. Orcs on skateboards, rust shamans, three-story tall swords, horses turned into chili, wolves turned into horses, a chili golem, a hot orc played by Paula Poundstone, human wizards rebuilding <laughs> hymens for young virgins, a sword that can talk, an axe that can fuck, and a racist crossbow. Paul Schaefer... Well, going, by the, going by the Chinese taste, I mean, that's not a very good standard. They're all got... Pollution lungs. <laughs> Paul Schaefer thrives as the elderly wizard who doesn't know where he is, and French Stewart shines in his role as Dandelion, the bard from The Witcher. One thing is for sure this summer, Lokhtar Ogar, Warcraft is definitely something be doing. I'm predicting an easy $200 million open at the box office in America and over $2 billion in China. That could be good. I'm... I, well, I did not look forward to seeing this movie because the disgusting, hideous orcs just remind me of the of the subhuman Neanderthals who populate this country and prevent us from reaching our true potential. 
Oh, great. The SJW is going at it again. I just, I can't look at those disgusting faces and their hideous underbites and their weird clothing and not think of the filthy fent haulers and, and abandoned amusement parks of this country's disgusting center. You know, Are it, you saying that the seminal beauty and Miss America pageant winner of Paula Poundstone as a disgusting orc is something that would potentially disgust you? Uh, sir, I think not. I just can't imagine engaging in any kind of conversation with a disgusting, knuckle-dragging orc. I mean Trump voter. If yeah, we, that's right. I said it. <laughs> if we follow a lot of uh, Eastern teachings uh, spiritually, we'll find that the most humane thing we can do for our country to get out of the infinity gauntlet grasp of Donald Trump would be to hotshot all the fentanyl in this country. And distributed around the Midwest. <laughs> if we stop, I can understand why this guy came in here today and he's wearing this robe, but he's clearly not wearing any pants because when he squatted down to start podcasting, you could see his nuts hanging out from below. So, I know you're a Buddhist, but can you put on something under this, there? This is Jeez. a traditional bathrobe. I will not be wearing any other clothing. A um, millennium. Why don't you describe for the listeners what you're wearing right now? Well, you know, I like to dress a little bit fancier. So I'm wearing a, a button-up. This is a button-up shirt. As you can see, it has a, a little bit of a silk look to it, a satin look. It's not real satin, but it, it does a trick. And uh, It still has those kind you know, of folds in it. Like you just bought well, it out of a plastic yeah. sleeve in a department store. Well, I, I, got, I buy these, and they come in boxes. And it's nice because they're already folded when you buy them. So... Like when your mom used to fold your clothes for you. That's the way they are. And I, I said, hey. Like a loot crate for clothes. And I wear these, and I wear them. I tuck them into my uh, my uh, my rustler jeans, and I wear them with my, my new balances. And I think that's good enough. And this is my, of course, a classy gent like myself <laughs> has a watch at all times. This is a G-Shock. I have my, Not bad. I have my political differences with you, but I, you know, Cannot pretend that you're not a sartorially blessed gentleman. No, thank you. I think you're a classy fellow myself. Uh, Spencer, why don't you describe for the audience the outfit you're wearing right now? It's very specific. Uh, I, if, if the sharp-eyed among you will, will recognize my uh, black hat, uh, black suit, uh, and oversized glasses as the figure that you uh, attempted to shoot uh, in the classic Nintendo game Hogan's Alley. Uh, I basically dress like a different classic Nintendo character every day. You're you look like a diabetic G man. Uh, I, yes, that's definitely a shot that I could take right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I myself am wearing a traditional kind of a uh, druidic, I like to refer leotard that goes on with the the nice uh, uh, rings of of ginger around my neck as a necklace warding off evil spirits as long as my big fur boots that kind of go in and tucked in I, I i'm wearing an outfit that sort of makes me look like um let's say a sprite from a midsummer's night's three dream <laughs> but almost like a high school level performance of such a play a, a, as long as we establish all that i find a i find it interesting that 
two of you came here today and you both have kind of strange bangs cut in the in the form of uh the classic model betty page and i i've just is that a coincidental or did you both decide to get betty page bangs or when a when a man wears this haircut it's called a mo from the three stooges <laughs> it's a call back, get to, back the, to the, the content that classic, uh, dogs <laughs> the classic comedy era it's 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 a classic bit and that's when laughter used to be a man chasing a man with a lasso and then the other man slips on a cream pie and then the movie ended and everyone went home and talked about it for 60 days about how funny that was you could become the most famous comedian in the world by wearing your shoes on the wrong feet it was a it was, <laughs> it was a simpler time when all our serious and comedic movies were about people falling into barrels of various toppings and fluids now i didn't i didn't find that very funny what i found funny was the classic time and period of the monty python of course you can't it's just a flesh wound that's my best uh, monty, monty python monty python i won't pretend like i've never laughed at them but the character of the black knight who claims he just has a flesh wound when he's being literally torn apart uh it sort of gave us the mra manosphere world it is sort of okay. patient zero in toxic masculinity. Right, it's true. His obvious uh, aggressiveness, but the fact that he denies that he's been injured to someone who can clearly see that he has been is a classic form of gaslighting. It's true. It's very what true. In the hell, what in the hell is gaslighting? If you part of my language. It's when someone disagrees with you. That's when you tell your girlfriend that another girl's eyebrows are bad when, in fact, you think they are very good. Listen, can we get back to the movies? I don't like all this liberal crap and cuck shit. One last thing Sorry, about comedy. Sorry, like I said, part of my French, edited out, bleep me. Sorry, I was raised by the mean stuff. Howard Stern and Bill Hicks. Well, if... Even with that, you should know your comedy history. When the first hour-long comedy movie was just a guy with his toe sticking out of a boot trying to walk up 2,000 feet of Tibetan stairs, and every single time he got 75% of the way up, he fell back down. And at the end of the movie, he gets all the way up the stairs, and it's an hour later, and the big Tibetan monastery has a come back tomorrow sign on it. And he says, aw, shucks, and the movie ends. A Dog's Journey. Starring Tony Shalhoub as the titular dog. You'll want to waze the woof on this great comedy. No bones about it. This movie knocks it out of the bark. It's no lie that in Hollywood, making a movie about dogs is rough. Tony Shalhoub excels as the dog, also named Tony Shalhoub, who is just a regular hound dog trying to get some tail. I didn't see this movie either, but I get paid per review. Uh, the type of brainless idiot who would see this movie wouldn't even consider reading a review about it. Um, yeah, well, it's uh, fine. There's a lot of movies that come out about how some listen, you know, very insanely smart dog with genius human level <sighs> uh, intelligence saves the life of a veteran who is listen, dying at a football game. I just, it's not and, even my uh, real voice. Uh, anyone who would see this movie is about as fucking stupid as an independent voter. 
I give it two paws but, I mean, up. It, it pulls in the it pulls in the money. You know, you got to keep releasing these movies where a veteran is in love with a dog. I'm gonna review Depression Quest Two for Polygon. If there's anything that Americans and old people in America cry more over is it's got to be dogs and veterans together. If they made a movie about a dog that could disarm bombs and it gets blown to bits at the end, that'd make a billion dollars. And then the dog gets reincarnated as another dog who probably licks the face of an old person. I think that'd be pretty good. I'm looking forward to this movie because, as you guys all know, I'm a big fan of diversity in film. And when you have a guy like Tony Shalhoub in your movie, that counts as like plausibly six or seven different types. That you've all got covered just with one guy. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, just it means you know, he's you, he could be a anything. mixture. He's a mixture of literally every white passing race. Yeah, you could you could say that he's plausibly anything from like a Maori to a, a Jewish to a Middle Easterner. He's an unathletic Blake Griffin. He's kind of got an Oscar Isaac vibe going to exactly. It. Big fan of that guy. He's in Star Wars. I haven't seen anything else that he's in. Tony Shalhoub or Oscar Isaac? <laughs> I Both. loved it when Tony Shalhoub plays Darth Maul Sr. in Star Wars 2. More Star Wars. That's not a real film. You're just, you're just making stuff up at this point. Yes, and speaking of Marvel movies, everyone, let's discuss this. We're getting to Endgame now, which means things have gotten epic serious. Oh, yeah. Before we get into talking about Endgame, I need everyone to say their favorite Marvel movie. My favorite Marvel movie was Avengers Endgame. A little bit of a cop-out, but I'll accept it. What was your favorite? Don't tell me, Black Panther. Why are you rolling your eyes when you say that? I... I it just seems like it was hyped up a lot. It was cheap. It wasn't good. The acting wasn't good. And everyone just pretended to like it because, uh, because, you know, they have to like the Africans. Well, I'll say this. Not liking Black Panther is about as rare as a Boost mobile store in a rich neighborhood. So I think you need to elaborate a little bit on that. Now, Black Panther, I thought, was... You know, first of all, an hour too long. I thought, like I said, the acting was terrible. The plot was dumb. It doesn't fit at all in the Marvel. And I think that the, well, <laughs> it just doesn't cut it. Spencer, not- you have a big anime-sized sweat drop on your head right now. Please tell me, what do you think about his I comments? Just, this is the whitest thing I have ever heard. Uh, white oh, white to meet you, sir, I might add. This... this uh, just I, it's amazing the people who are the only ones who can seem to find anything wrong with this amazing saga uh, uh, just happen to be people for whom mayonnaise is often too spicy a condiment for their particular sandwich. Oh, black woman GIF going off right now, spamming them. Uh, let's let's get a deciding vote Listen, on this. I have a little bit of a Lord a Laser Nacho. Vote. Hold on, what? You're the deciding vote. Give us a verdict on Black Panther. Now, in the teachings of life, um, there is a fable of a man at a crossroads, and he's given two choices. 
So he just goes home. This is a choice that our friend Millennium has made. Instead of, uh, you know, confronting his, confronting his own prejudices by uh, watching a movie and then going home, uh, he's chosen to just go home. I just don't know, like, the way they talk and everything and their accents, can they just, like, speak actual, like, speak right? Why do you talk like that? I don't get it. I don't like the costumes. I think they was like. I think their hair was a little bit Black too Panther, much. Black Panther. They Black Panther. They spoke very. I think, I think if you. I think if you paid more attention to the movie, um, you would have picked up. You, you, you're, going going on, you're also calling me white, white this, white that. You're both. You're all white. So I don't get it. You're white. Uh, my 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 you grand my, gra- my Sorry, grandmother like my grandmother white. is Italian. First of all, but uh, second of all, um, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Second of all, if you actually paid attention to the movie, uh, you would notice there's like a lot of good lessons for people like you in there. Uh, one of the key lessons is that the best way you can be a white ally is to literally be a CIA agent. <laughs> something I took to heart. Well, that's the only good character in the whole thing. And funny enough, it's played by the guy who played Bilbo Baggins. Coincidence? I think not. I'm I'm looking back. I, don't, I, don't, I'm trying I, don't, to make, I have no but, idea what you know, type of point you're making or that I'm making. You know what? I don't either because your SCW crap is getting me all messed up in the head. I'm, I'm looking back at the text you sent me back then, Millennium, and and when you saw, uh, I'm I'm looking at it here. When you saw Black Panther, you just texted me saying you're surprised <laughs> at how articulate everyone was. Yeah, but I rewatched it since then, and I'm kind of uh, you know flipped on that because I don't. Even, you know, it was surprising at the time, but it's still not great. Well, let's move on to Spencer then. Uh, uh, Could have used some subtitles. Uh, just saying. Uh, uh, everyone- Hire me, Disney. Hire me. I'll, I'll, you know, take care of your stuff. Let- <laughs> I am doing the fan cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and as I recall, there was some controversy of your fan cut of Black Panther it was five minutes long, and it was only about the CIA agent. Well, I just liked his scenes a lot, and then like the scenes with everyone else was just not. You know, it's not worth it. Reshoot them. Maybe recast. Like, why does Wakanda have to have, like, why are there no white people in Wakanda? Kind of racist to not cast some white people that live in Wakanda. I just don't get it. On your Twitter feed, you said that Wakanda translates to Space Jamaica. Uh, what was that about? Well, I was actually contacted by the studio, and I uh, I can't speak on that. But, well, you know. <laughs> uh, Spencer, free speech is dying in this country. <laughs> Spencer, what is your favorite Marvel movie of all time? Well, uh, obviously, at first it was when it came out. Black Panther blew the rest of them away. It was put heads and shoulders the best. And uh, I would have said that until recently, but uh, then Captain Marvel came out, and there would obviously be a problem if I were to still say that, that uh, Black Panther was better because that would. Ignore the the amazing contribution of having a female-led uh, Marvel movie. So let's just say that uh, I'm saying Black Panther and Captain Marvel simultaneously. I I I don't know if you can you can give a two-part answer. I think you got to pick between. No, no, they're at the same time. I'm saying them at the same time. I see Captain Marvel, but I think it's a bunch of crap. There's no real, there's no female Navy SEALs, so like, I'm not buying it. Well, maybe if a few more small-minded people at the Pentagon watched Captain Marvel, there would be some female Navy SEALs. I don't see why women 
should be prohibited from doing steroids with their friends and strangling lesser army men who find them embezzling money. <laughs> Listen, I fell asleep during the marathon. Okay, so those of you listening, all four of us went to the 58-hour marathon showing all the Marvel movies in a row leading up to Endgame, and we were there for all 58 hours. We were living there like refugees, except a bunch of fat white dudes taking off their Captain America shirts and stinking up a place. If you can imagine the miasma, the intoxicating stench of a theater full of guys in a theater for 58 hours. There were government men putting deodorant on everybody. <laughs> they said if we resisted, they'd shoot us. They had female workers there in suits, hosing us off in the bathrooms that they set up, in the showers they set up. And they, they said... You know, we. I said like, oh, I don't need a shower. I'm good. And they like, they said you don't have a choice. And they pulled me in. They said, spread your cheeks. And they made me spread my cheeks. And they blasted. I honestly think the PSI on their power washer was so high that it gave me uh, anal fissures. I was coughing but, up water. Oh I mean, please, we all know the rule. When you go to a movie marathon, you breathe through your mouth. We all understand that. Big deal. I mean, it was still worth the $300 we all paid to go to that. But I wish they would have allowed me to bring in my own clothes. They didn't give me that uh, Marvel (laughs) Disney-approved gown. gown We all had to wear for all 15 hours. They collected our cell phones and personal belongings so we couldn't film Endgame or anything. That gown was the most comfortable thing I've worn in months. In they gave us bracelets that we all had to wear with identifiers. They had chips in them. They had to scan every time we had to piss. Part of in, a, in a sense, <laughs> it was like a genocide because to make a movie reviewer, uh, an online movie reviewer, take off their culturally significant clothing of uh, way khaki shorts pulled up way too high, tucked into a T-shirt is sort of an act of eliminating a culture. <laughs> so technically we did all survive a genocide. And then they kind of didn't, they made us mingle with the kind of the, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of like in shape black guys there wearing, you know, Marvel shirts. I didn't, you're not a real nerd. Look at you. You're all in shape. You think you're buff. You are buff and you could probably beat me up, but you don't belong. Here. I can guarantee that those men's were very nerdy. In fact, they only talked about fighting games, Goku versus Superman for 48 hours straight. Oh, <laughs> uh, you had to bring it there. The other thing is all these guys bringing their girlfriends and their and their wives, like I don't want to see that. Don't though they or are they going to cry? I mean, I might, but you know, they're not crying for the right reasons. They're just crying cuz they're women. Well, well you can't really say something like that. It's um you know, you can't really decide why somebody in the audience oh, so is you crying. Just saw, you just saw Captain Marvel and your hair's pink. Good Listen, for you. If you I want, want a gold badge for that, my, I don't think so. If I want to bring wife A to see Captain America because she's just as big a fan as I am, and she happens to cry, and guess what? I might lay cry too. Is that really so bad? So it's girls stuff. Like, Do only girls get to go watch Wonder Woman? You guys probably think that sucked, too. I mean, I'm not much of a DC guy. I think all of the DC films are 100% better than the Marvel films. How, how do you feel about Ben Affleck as uh, Batman? I don't like how he's such a pretty boy. <laughs> you like... <laughs> 
you preferred Christian Bale, the less prettier man. <laughs> or I maybe just don't a George, like how pretty boy maybe Pearl a George Armageddon. Maybe a nice George ben Clooney Affleck. Batman. Yeah. I love You know, if they could get someone if they could get someone like Dennis Leary to play Batman. Yeah. Now we're talking. I want a Batman that's easily tricked all of the time. That's my dream movie Batman. Now, what do you have against DC? Well, you know what was wrong with Batman versus Superman or Man of Steel? Well, Batman versus Superman suffered from um a lot of just weirdness in the plot where you couldn't really quite tell Batman was this weird brooding guy in a mech suit and then Superman just seemed like a pretty boy that they tried to make dark but he was too stupid to be dark it just had a lot of confusion mm. about it that never really now captured. what do the SJWs have to say about that Un- too many white guys I don't think anyone enough people saw it for SJWs to I'm have an asking, opinion on it. I'm asking I'm asking movie orb and Nacho, what do they think about Batman versus Superman or Wonder Woman or the Justice League or Aquaman? Wonder Woman was obviously a huge step forward for representation, so I was a huge fan of it. Uh, and what it, does that mean? That it, that we had our first so female a woman, superhero. A woman does something a man does, so it's extra special. Oh, I expect a woman can do anything a man does. It was the first time a woman wore that you know skimpy of an outfit on TV. You know, 100% not true. The DC universe is a land of contrasts. You know, on one hand, you have this beautiful story of Wonder Woman, which is a story as old as time. A smart, beautiful, capable woman who tries to warn everybody about the impending doom from the uh, galaxy guy. And... (laughs) The worst, the scariest <laughs> villain of all time, the Galaxy guy, the, guy. The guy who does the stuff could just like go to planets and be like, wow, I have your energy thing now. Uh, and she tries to warn everyone and they're like, you're a stupid woman. Uh, you're, you're, you're full of shit. You know, why is your plane invisible? Why was your husband on that invisible plane? And, you know, she has to come out. She has to almost sacrifice herself to try and save the world. And right. it's, of and course, she, the story she, of Hillary Clinton. And, uh, you know, uh, just seen it over and over again. A, you got to be perfect movie. Right, right down perfect, to her husband, Captain Spock. Yeah. Uh, it's a perfect movie. But then you have something like uh, Batman versus Superman, which is Toxic Masculinity, the movie. It is um, seemingly... Three hours of uh, two men snarling at each other, threatening to penetrate one another uh, with with their superpowered oh. instruments. Okay. And I do not see how these could exist in the same universe. Now, Justice League, Justice League did show how a woman sometimes is tasked with healing the f- political fractures of our nation because I believe that Batman and Superman, you could read it allegorically, that Superman, he's uh, Donald Trump. Because he's from he's uh, going you know he's represents okay, represents middle okay. America and he's destructive and he's also a hypocrite about being mm. an immigrant because he's from another planet mm. and Donald Trump is from Germany or his parents were wow. uh, wow. then Batman is Bernie Sanders who has billions of dollars of gold that he has hoarded from his campaign <laughs> using the protocols. <laughs> 
of his, of our revolution, his money making pack, and stabs. You know, he literally stabs uh, Superman in the back as Bernie has done his entire life, and. They're at war with each other, not knowing that they're actually exactly the same person. This represented by the fact that both of their mother's names were Martha uh, in the movie. But in Justice League, it takes a woman to say, hey, boys, cut it aside. The Galaxy Man is here. And the Galaxy Man is global warming. Wow. That makes a lot of sense when you explain it like typical, that. Typical SJW crud. And now <laughs> now I'm thinking about that scene in the movie where for some reason Bernie Sanders is digging up that big treasure chest and he's saying, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah, that scene makes a lot of he sense. digs up the treasure chest. So now you're going to – next thing you're going to tell me is you're going to tell me that the great Christopher Nolan's trilogy was awful and The Dark Knight Rises was a hunk of crud. Listen, I don't know what kind of movies you're watching – but we ain't watching the same movies. <laughs> well, I think you may be right. I see movies as a spiritual extension of my, of our minds. That could you please tuck your nuts back in because they're just leaking back out of there. Let, every let team, me every single time you say Buddhism or spiritual, your nuts just fall out right out from. They're the, kind of creeping out the way a no snail one, crawls no one is, under its shell. Yeah, similar, I know it's humid okay, in this similar, room, but similar to how no one's making you see Captain Marvel, no one's making you look down there. I mean, I smell it before I see it. <laughs> that could be any number of smells in this room. <laughs> it, you, you are right. As far as hygiene, it's not our strong suit as a group. I will just say that impartially. And I'm not blaming anyone in specific, but, you know. Now, listen, I like DC. I like Marvel. I'm kind of a jack of all trades. <laughs> and you know what? I like Endgame. But to be honest, as much as I have superheroes, I'm a villain guy. I've always thought to myself, as I'm Darth Vader, I'm, you know, Doc Ock. I am Thanos. And I think Thanos, actually, you made a lot of good points. In kind, we're kind of screwed. We're kind of messed up a little bit. And I think you guys can agree with me. They, we have a lot of work to do, or otherwise we're screwed. And they might have to take someone to snap the finger to eliminate a certain group of people. So, so let me make everything better. I think, I think, I think we're starting to see along the same lines. Finally, we're talking about like a certain. I, think, certain, I know certain, you and yeah, Orb definitely yeah, agree uh, with me that some people need to go. Group of people, they control the media. They're always grubbishly rubbing their hands together, similar to how a merchant, a greedy merchant would. Oh my we're talking goodness. about Bernie Sanders. We're talking about Oh. No, I'm not no, saying women at all. Women. No, I, I no, don't think no, we can just kind of. No. I didn't intend for this. Well, like we're not no, podcast totally not to kind of go women. in this direction. I think it's kind of gotten a little, you know, maybe just slow your roll, guys. I, I mean, we're getting into some heavy stuff. You're right. I mean, one. we're deep into this, and we're we're you know we're reviewers and we're critics, and we analyze things. And I think that you know all the time, you know, the orb is always talking about how white men are the devil. Maybe it's not white men. Maybe no, it's not black men. No, I, well, I, maybe it's the other the other side. I, don't, I didn't women. want to talk about black think, men or, I think or, women or, or white men. Or, or, or We're not women. talking about black men or white men. I'm talking about women. You know, they well, don't, I didn't want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about stuff don't talk like about this. The, they're not seeing the way. They're not seeing the th things the way we see them. And I think that you know, first of all, there's way too many of them writing now in Hollywood. Well, no, no, and, I, don't, know, wait, I don't want to go there. Even though at this all. is a, this is a even though this whole thing that we're doing right now is sponsored by Netflix and paid for by Netflix. You guys are going to hardwick me right now. I don't 
don't like this. I'm getting I'm, uh, like this is my show. We got to keep it going like smooth. I well, I mean, a, like you're just you're a lot like Chris Hardwick. You do the exact. I had a cute, do the exact same stuff. I had a cute little joke about how I thought the best person of color in the Marvel films was the Hulk because he's green. And literally Snapchatting like seven see. women from right, Twitter. Well, not, even though you're married. Yeah. It's, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with mentoring young women. You you're constantly snapping I'm women them on, advice on from their, Twitter on their and saying streams. and telling them like and when they're sad you cheer them up and said sending my squishies which is like your weird term for hugs well give you my squishies what the fu- I don't I don't know you what can I mean. yeah but you know, but, you know do your own thing uh, okay now it's turned into a whole something else and and, and and basically for the last ten minutes you guys have been just trying to decide who to go to race war on and, and you're all disagreeing <laughs> and I think maybe I'm not maybe we just talk I don't care if you're black white green or purple you know, you know I like every I hate everyone the same <laughs> maybe, maybe we should switch maybe the Marvel movies are, are are too on topic maybe they're too hot and they're too much of a reflective surface for um. You know, culture as a whole. Maybe we should switch to Star Wars and talking about Star Wars. Who's your guys' favorite Star Wars character? Han Solo and Darth Vader at the same time. Uh, Ray, definitely Ray. Oh come on, she's not even a real character. And she's a real. She's in the movies. If you're in the movie, she's an SJW she's got, scion. She's got a wicked for pandering to little. Fangirls she's on, that don't even know what Luke Skywalker is. She's on Wikipedia. She's real. So you just you weren't in line at the original three, they, like I was. Well, my favorite's Darth Maul, but I don't even feel excited about saying that now. He's got two lightsabers. Everybody else just has one. They look stupid in comparison with them. And also, he's in the in the new trilogy too because he's super strong. And you know, I you know what? I don't even care anymore. I don't care. The prequels are uh, undeniably dog beep. And you know what? The only good part of them is probably Sebulba because he's cool. Sebulba, I think everyone can agree on, is probably the best Star Wars character of all time. Um, the actor who played him. Uh, what was his name again? I don't know. His name was Sebulba. Oh, he was played by Sebulba, the same as. Yeah, Sebulba is a great actor, a great character actor. He's only ever played Sebulba. He looks exactly like that. It wasn't CGI. And, you know, that kind of stuff is great. And that's the kind of fandom I want to get behind. I will say that uh, of the prequel characters, I am a big fan of Dexter Jetster because he's such a shining example of an immigrant small business owner. <laughs> <laughs> I do like his tiny wings as well, if I'm thinking of this the same way, because I do not remember most of it that well. But I did play Star Wars Episode One Racer on the N64. thing that pisses me off about Rey is that she has a, you know, she copied Darth Maul. They just ripped that off with, like, the staff and everything. Well, I don't... You know what? That's a she staff. Didn't... It's not a lightsaber, thank you. Yeah, I, well, I, it's, I mean, you know, it's still, you know, it's ripping. Also, off, like, it's it's know. a series. It's not really and like also she's... her hair. What the hell is? What I mean, part of my French, <laughs> and that's like, what is that? They're just trying to do their own version of Princess Leia. Come on, they're just ripping off the old movies. Well, it's, it's space hair. It's going to be different. You can't really just say that's ripping off. Of, it's not. They just like to make the. They just like similarities to the old movies. And I say, mean, how hey, many? This is like the original. Remember how many this? different ways <laughs> can you do human hair? I don't think that's exactly fair. I think you're just looking well, for. I the, can show you quite a few. I have quite long hair, as you see, actually, at least on the sides of my head. Yeah. And you know what? It's quite greasy. Well, you know. 
You like you dipped your head in the sink. I don't want to talk about Star Wars too much anymore. I think we can just go to like another review or something. Yeah, well, well why, 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 why don't we? Um, Lord Laser Nacho, you told me you had something prepared. Why don't we uh, talk about that for a bit? Who has something prepared? Uh, I have a, I have a review prepared. Uh, if we can, just as a oh, great. Time to hear about the, the man, the man, the... the man who judges words before he hears them, is a man who vomits his own lunch before it's consumed. Uh, is that a quote you made up like yourself or? Uh, no, that's from the Buddhist Bible. Oh, they got their own Bible. That's yeah, epic. We do. we do. We do. Yes. Mm. Oh, we do. Pretty good. Yeah. For a man that uh, says, uh, I think of, uh, Buddhism says you shouldn't have that many possessions, for, for, uh, but you sure seem to own a lot of Funko Pops. Well, Buddhists have shrines, you know, and this is my own shrine. Uh, and Buddhism is li- its literally whatever you make of it. I've been on this journey uh, for several months R- and, you know. Richard Gere style Buddhism. Yes, yes. I do follow the Gearian school of Buddhist thought. But, you know, if you will allow me a plug of my website, the Fandom Vedas, uh, where, you know, this is an exclusive peek at the kind of reviews I'm offering there. Uh, if you guys would be so kind to allow, uh, allow me my review. Oh, please do. This is my review of uh, the... You know, I was so blessed to have a press junket in advance of Marvel's next big release after uh, Endgame. And, you know, for the people who say that uh, how could they do anything after Endgame, you need to see the movie I've seen when it is released 36 months from now. Uh, I'm speaking, of course, of when I went to Krakow to see Marvel's Polish Man, the ultimatum of the Reisling Paradox. I shall begin my review. <laughs> okay, buckle up your seatbelts. Respectfully thank your flight attendants. Salute the pilots. Say your prayers of thanks to Stan Lee and also contemplate his complicated legacy. Take a respectful glance at your seatmate. This is going to be a turbulent ride. Not in the sense that you are unsafe physically. No, it's something deeper. The captain of this vessel, Director Glovis Munch, takes us on an emotional roller coaster <laughs> that does not know the meaning of the out-of-order sign. You must be this distanced from your own toxic masculinity to get on. And yeah, it's not a round trip. Much of the, much of the anticipation of Polish man came from people who simply wanted to escape <laughs> the fascist regime of Donald Trump and the rampant online sewage in the form of a wildfire of online trolling from Bernie Sanders' fans. Like all forces, it was met with an equal and opposite reaction. Critics of the Marvel project came by the thousands. They harassed marginalized people such as white middle-aged converts to Buddhism with poison-tipped questions like, what is the point of Polish man? And I believe Polish people to be of the same intelligence as anyone else. Why would it be so remarkable that a Polish man could read that he would be a superhero? (laughs) When the... Literally wrote the same for Branson. <laughs> when the Bu- when the Buddha first detailed his journey, he spoke of two snakes at the same tree. <laughs> <laughs> One was a bright, colorful snake who was noisy, so as to intimidate predators. The other, his counterpart, was a small gray snake that emitted a low hiss, if anything at all. Buddha realized that these two snakes represent the twin natures of evil. 
It can be loud and clanging, like a drum set of wicked intent. The other is subtle and does not let you does not let you know it has bitten you till the blood seeps through to your sketchers. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, the loud snake is Donald Trump, and the quiet snake is Bernie Sanders. But I can't hold. <laughs> But I can't help but notice that in Artie Lang's redemptive performance as Polish man. <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> still alive. Didn't he no, die? he's still alive. He's still, still alive. alive, yeah. He shouldn't oh, be. Shit. He shouldn't be, buddy. <laughs> he, he alludes to the same duality. Polish man... Polish man is a being in between worlds. When he tries to enter his father, uh, King Estabano's submarine headquarters, he nearly drowns at the, scre- at the screen door entry point. When, when he tries to live, when he tries to live in the world of, the, of man as a plumber, he experiences a tragic mishap and cannot even screw in a light bulb. <laughs> Polish man's rival, Hoksha, is a galaxy devouring tyrant. One may assume he is another thing that represents Donald Trump, but his desire to destroy Earth and replace it with bunkers is more reminiscent of the cultural gatekeepers who want us to keep wonderful films like Captain America, The Dawn of the Morning of Dusk from the Oscars. His destructive desire to rid the world of joy is a brush fire. And once the dam of fire bursts, you can either put your finger in the dam or get the bees out of your house. And the only way to get bees out of your house is to work together as a family. I will abstain from spoilers, but in the third act, Lang shows doubters why he is the emotional center of the movie, as he, together with love interest Lady Epica, tried to locate the motorcycle jacket from planet Albanius that gives Hoksha his powers. (laughs) He must work with the Poles who have scorned him, and in the world that has taken his attempts to assimilate, and spit them out like a blood transfusion that went wrong. This is less a a movie than a spiritual tome, of self-forgiveness, discovery, and radical ignorance. If you have doubts about seeing Polish Man in theaters, you owe it to yourself and also your loved ones. I kind of zoned out for a minute of that, but, uh, well... I absolutely cannot wait to see Polish Man. Um, I've heard great things about the scene at the end where (laughs) after the credits roll, Nick Fury shows up with Iron Man and Captain America... And he says, oh, you're Polish man, huh? These two can't eat this onion, but I heard you can. <laughs> In which he eats it whole like an apple. This is this is a great Easter egg for fans who are people who are fans of the Polish man comic book, which is, you know, it was written by Stan Lee during the period of his life where he was being brutally elderly abused. It, it was written by Stanley two years ago for current Mad Magazine. <laughs> that doesn't make it any more emotionally relevant. Doesn't and powerful. make it any more. You're right. Regardless, I would say that right now is probably the, you know, the apex of film and the best time to be around. We watch some blockbusters, but not only that, TV shows are in their prime. You got shows like Game of Thrones that are knocking it out of the park. Better than ever. With, you know, 
incest, rape, and dragons. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> and you know what? We also got stuff like sh movies winning awards where you got a guy, you know, driving around in a car, some Italian guy who goes like, oh, damn, you're a gay guy, and it wins an award. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got... Then you got a bunch of comedies that are, you know, they're called comedies, but they're just a bunch of dramatic shows about awkward guys who do their best to get laid. And uh, you know what? If people like that. It's great, but the production's good and the people are getting jobs. I don't like the crap. I'm still watching stuff like Hercules, Xena Warrior Princess. That's the real kind of stuff I like to see. Thundercats. Who remembers that? <laughs> Oh, Probably me only. I'm surprised you like Xena Warrior Princess. It seems to be the first uh, thing featuring a woman you've actually enjoyed. Well, you know what? That's a strong, tough woman. And that's the kind of like. Ah, a strong, tough woman. Maybe like Hillary. All right. Uh, what are you? What are you, my? I, there's so many good shows on Netflix right now. Currently, I'm enjoying uh, The Address, uh, The Promise. Um, the told secret. I've uh, speechless. Been, with, I've been really speechless enjoying the husband's wife. The husband's lately. wife is incredible. Uh, I'm loving the I husband's find it wife. Kind of, uh, I think it's up its own ass if you ask me. Well, mm -hmm. if it, but I've been laughing at. I've been watching Speechless with How We Do, Dad, <laughs> and that's a. Uh, I think pretty hilarious. I, I like the uh, the the new Scott Storch and Fifty Cent show, Retribution's Promise. About the 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 fabled mixtape wars. Oh yeah, well, they're, they're both they're both detectives in that right. show. About the fabled is, the fabled mixtape wars in 1992 in New York. It's in like Queens, the true detective of yeah. rap. Yeah, and and uh, I just finished episode three where it was the war between the chopped cheeses, <laughs> and uh, it, it it looked like the pyrus won out. So. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I mean, uh, they have a lot in store for us in uh, season nine. When you're like an unemployed media guy, where like just watching stuff and, and getting 100,000 views on uh, YouTube is your job, you can really afford to like watch a whole season of things in a day. Well, I can watch 12 episodes of The Dreamers, which is a show about people who are all... They all wake up in the same dream, have to figure out how to get out together. And it's a remake of a Scandinavian drama, and it's not even as good. But Netflix somehow ordered 26 episodes of it. Right, where you have 30, you have 36 episodes of Who is Mr. Ribbons about the mouse who can cast magic. And you're wondering, who likes this? Who would ever watch 36 episodes? A drama that's, that's 20 minutes an episode long. of Who is Mr. Ribbons? And you're wondering, how does this keep getting new seasons? And then Netflix, very, Netflix goes on the media and just lies and says, well, 100 million people watched Who is Mr. Ribbons. And they just stick super, with it. I've, I'm the guy that super, watched it. A super serious erotic drama that's 16 episodes long called She... And it's all leading up to the main lead guy killing the woman. That's what people want to see. <laughs> that show, that show, fucking rocks. I am. I'm really enjoying uh, season sixteen of. It's a thriller about a woman who's been locked in the same room in the same basement for all sixteen seasons. And uh, in this season, she's actually been able to sort of craft a walkie-talkie out of the the breaker box in the cellar, and it's called "I Not Quiet." <laughs> well, that's the kind of shows people want to watch just like horrible 
torturous, disgusting, low, awful aspects of humanity and people go well this is no yeah, uh, spencer, yeah if you, spencer spencer what's it what, what have you been watching lately on netflix what's well, in your uh, hot date i'll be honest i actually don't watch any television shows because i just read all of the av club recaps and for me those are actually even better <laughs> than the actual shows so I feel like I watch all the shows by reading the recaps. You know, I like shows where it's about 70% of the episode is flashbacks about lore you don't care about. Which is just about, like, probably most things on TV nowadays where you can just get stuck and you're like, oh, how did I get here? And then the show literally shows you exactly how you got there. And then the episode ends, you're in the exact same fucking place. It's like reading uh, Infinite Jest, but you can't brag about it. I think well, you so. Know, uh, I'm looking at my watch right now, boys. It's looking like, um, you know, we got to get to that red carpet. I'm excited. Are you? I can't wait. I'm. Uh, I have to change into my uh, black tie bathrobe, but I I'm very excited. I got a I got a few extra box shirts if you guys need. I would them. love a red rayon shirt to wear under my bathrobe. Yeah, I'd like oh, yeah. a gray, a nice slimming gray with horizontal stripes. Maybe a nice tie that's nice and wide and short to make to make me look like <laughs> all I'm the in ties better you shape. have are, yeah. are very silky and shiny. Yeah, so I, they all 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 my clothes look like I just came from a prom. If you have a nice <laughs> if, if you have a nice 30s. cummerbund that can roll up and hit me with like. You know, three thirty thousand psi right in the center of my forehead after it rolls up and knocks me on the ground. That'd be perfect. Uh, I'm going to be dressing uh, so, as dang. a Koopa from the classic game Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> and we. Yeah, well, we all know who's not getting any tonight. <laughs> we are heading to the red carpet premiere. Of Netflix presents season four of Adam Ruins Everything. <laughs> and I'm so excited. One of the funniest shows around. It's a nice he, show that's nice and pretends to be educational and it's just contrarian. And just if you like it, you probably have an inverted penis. <laughs> <laughs> I love finding out facts that I can then later use to make everyone around me want to kill themselves. So I it's, love it's, that well, show. It's it's a it's the well, perfect show. I think that show. soon we're going to be the limousine that Netflix sends to us that has Smash Brothers in it. <laughs> it's going to be here soon. It's the perfect show for guys on that brag on Twitter about getting yelled at by their parents at Halloween or at Thanksgiving when they're about 31 years old. Perfect show for those types of guys. Well, uh, Adam Adam ruins everything. Did win the award of you know show you know most likely to be used to impress your younger cousins. That's what I love about it. And the best thing about season four of Adam ruins everything is there's a whole new Adam, <laughs> Adam twenty two from the hit podcast No Condom. <laughs> <laughs> Is hosting this year with his co-host, fifteen-year-old Bad Bobby. I'm sure that's going to be great. <laughs> so we're about to get in this limo right here, and we're about to head off. So let's give our closing statements, everybody. Anything you want to say to the fans before we head off? Exterminate the brutes. Uh, don't believe everything. 
Don't believe everything you read, folks. <laughs> Laser Nacho. Um. And this is Smiley Kong saying, you know what? Just ignore everything you read and have a good one. We're going to have some fun tonight. So check out our selfies and our Twitters and just don't reply because we're not going to read them. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>